Hello everyone, welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today I have a very special guest on the podcast, Justin Pryor. And he's the very first guest I'm bringing on the podcast and I'm super excited for you to hear this interview today because he was the first person that really opened my eyes to what is now my fitness philosophy and it changed everything for me after I met Justin. And he was one of my mentors in physical therapy school. I actually did a six-week clinical rotation at his gym where he works, BioFit in Kansas City. And my mind was completely blown for the entire six weeks I was there. It felt like everything I knew about fitness was completely wrong. And I actually remember feeling pretty defensive when I first was learning from him and when I first started my clinical because I just, (laughs) it felt like I had to completely shift everything I thought I knew about fitness, but I'm so glad that I did. And by the end, I had completely 180'd my philosophy and have continued to kind of develop that into what it is today. I actually worked at his gym after I graduated from physical therapy school. That was my very first job. And I worked there for a year and continued to learn um, even more that entire year I was there. So uh, I'm so excited for you all to learn from who I learned from. Um, So I'm going to introduce Justin in just a moment, but just to give you all a heads up, you guys know I'm pretty new to podcasting and this is my first guest. So um, my audio doesn't sound super great. So I apologize in advance for that. I tried to edit it, but I just, my editing skills aren't good enough. Um, But Justin's audio sounds great and his, what he says is really where the value comes from anyways. So I hope you enjoy this interview. It is totally packed with so, so much good information. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. Well, uh, again, my name is Justin Pryor, and I am a physical therapist and uh, personal trainer and um, background, uh, extra um, continuing education and primarily things like resistance training specialist program, uh, Z Health, um, and also in muscle activation techniques, um, among a lot of other continuing education through the years. Um, I've been in this field now for about... uh, 23 years. So since 1998. Um, and I've always been a person that's been kind of, uh, curious about how we move, why we move. I was always curious about my own injuries. I had a lot of them. I had a ACL reconstruction in college, which uh, really turned me on to the physical therapy industry, which got me again, really curious and why I went to physical therapy school. Um, and then, um, my, uh, interactions with that world and working in physical therapy and working in personal training um, all helped shape why we started BioFit. And BioFit really is a place where um, we can meet the needs of every individual and believe that every individual is an athlete and that every individual is should be given the um, opportunity for optimal performance. And where we really come to that is, is we've looked at it historically through a biomechanical lens. I'm sure we'll talk about more. And we've looked at it a lot through a neurological lens, um, kind of like the electrical system that kind of turns things on, so to speak. And so um, BioFit has uh, uh, been in business now for a little over 10 years. It's the same age as my youngest daughter, Annabelle. And uh, it is a uh, uh, here in Kansas City, and we've got a great place full of energy. We have amazing clients. Um, even this morning, I was talking to a person I was working with on the table, and I was like, isn't this room just so cool? It's so full of energy, and Rhonda over here is just this amazing person, and 
she had a fist-sized portion of her brain removed with brain cancer, and she's out there and moving her body, moving her body in ways that doctors never said they would. Then over here, we got Brian, and Brian had two easy hip surgeries, and one didn't turn out so well, and for two years, he had chronic pain, and he's over there doing a great workout with Reed right now. This is a cool place. And so anyway, BioFit's fun. I get to work here all the time, and it's a really fun place. It is such a cool place. If you're in Kansas City, definitely go check it out. It's honestly, it's very special. And what I love that you um, called yourself at one point, and I don't know if you still refer to yourself this way, is a nerdy personal trainer. And I'm like, that's that's kind of how I view myself a little bit too. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm just a nerdy fitness instructor. Like, it's just like, you're continuing. And what I love about Justin is that he's continuing to learn at all all times. Like, I feel like every week we would come to our team meeting and you would come with something new that you like discovered or learned about or been experimenting with. And it was just, it's, I really admire that you're always, you've been doing this for how long? 20 years you said? Yeah. 20, about 23 years now since 1998. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still continuing to learn and inspire yourself. So that just goes to show like, first, like props to you for doing that. And second, how much there actually is to learn and absorb. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. It, it yeah. You know, icebergs and just the, the tip shows and there's all this other stuff. Well, when I started with you, when I first met you, I had been teaching fitness for like, you know, eight years and I had all these certifications and I thought I knew so much. Like I, <laughs> I oh. feel like a lot of well, at that point, I, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew nothing. And I, I'm sure like five years from now, I'll look back at myself now and say the same thing. Um, but it's just, it, I think what I realized more, especially since I met you, is that there is so much that I don't know. And that will always be the case. And it doesn't intimidate me. It, it, it like inspires me and it excites me. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good posture for a, uh, a fitness provider or healthcare professional is, you know, it's really up to us to um, show the people that come to see us that, hey, I'm a Sherpa and I'm gonna help guide you along this path. And cool thing is, is I've been up and down this path a bunch of times. And I know sometimes where we might need to get off the path because we have to avoid certain pitfalls. But just so you know, you can trust me and I've done it a bunch of times. Now, the more times you go up and down the mountain, the more you know, the more you know about yes. the life, the vegetation, the, the animals that might be in the area where there might be loose rock, firm ground where you might have to crawl a little bit or set up things like ladders to help you over things. You know, that's exactly right. And so, um, yeah. you know, it's really up to us to, to really, really be people that are seen as uh, knowledgeable and an authority but always respectful that we have so much to learn and there's so much out there for us to, to really dig into, which should give people a lot of hope though, that as long as you're working with somebody who's really good, always thinking about the new things to, to learn, that you've got somebody who's really going to be digging deep and figuring out how can I overcome this obstacle? Uh, yes. My arm hasn't raised up over my head and, you know, in 15 years, but I'm really hopeful from what you're talking about. This sounds great. And I think I'm gonna be able to do it and I'll get back to be able to do regular workouts. I'm so excited, Shannon. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Love it. Well, um, you have some really interesting perspective. So I talk a lot about like the mechanical side of exercise and, um, 
you know, how, because force matters and how we are placing force through our body matters. And I think there's this whole push um, in the fitness industry that like no exercise is better than another. And I just tend to think that like physics and gravity would kind of disagree with that. Like, (laughs) I think that from a biomechanical standpoint, like that just isn't true in my opinion. And I think you would probably agree as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a, there's a space where we, it's actually a a tension. There's a tension between the places where we can be respectful of other people and the way they're doing things, but we can also still recognize that, you know what, it doesn't mean that everything is always okay. It's always contextual. And the more you know about providing a great experience that is totally client-based, where you're taking into account the forces that are coming onto their bodies, the positions they're in, and therefore uh, dictating what forces in their body they're going to counter that they have to control. Do they have the, all everything they need in order to control and own those positions and that force and that speed, um, that momentum, all of those kind of physics-based things, you know, that Tom teaches in his RTS classes, you know, it really is about, it's about context. And so when we have, exercise industry, there's uh, pushing things that are broad generalizations about anything's okay. And maybe just do it mentalities, you know, just get a hard workout, work harder, sweat a lot, burn this many calories in a session. It's not really focused on the outcome that the athlete or the uh, client feels their best self at the end of a workout. We, and it becomes about doing that thing as opposed to the client based that's where we really get lost and we get in the, get in the mud. And unfortunately people don't know to discern that it's a, they just trust somebody that says, well, they know more about it than I do. And that's a really slippery slope. If those are the goals, just do my program as opposed to do what's right for this individual. So they feel the best they possibly can at the end of sessions. Yes. Yes. 100%, 100%. So what I would love for you to speak a little bit more on And to be honest, I know very little about this because I know that there is so much to learn about just the nervous system and the brain and how your brain connects to the rest of your body and influences the rest of your body. So can you talk a little bit about, um, well, first off, some people might not know what the nervous system is. So what the nervous system is and how and why the nervous system matters for the results that we'll see from a workout. Yeah, well, our, our nervous system is basically the uh, big electrical grid in our body um, that basically kind of has its hand in everything that we do. Um, it consists of our brain, our brain stem, spinal cord, peripheral nerves, and all the receptor organelles. And then its connection points to then the muscles and um, uh, the, the, um, basically the outputs of our body. And so let me explain another way too, is, is it's really a, an easy system of bringing information into your body, into your brain, through your five senses, the things you touch, everything from like soft touch, deep touch, vibration, sharp, dull, hot, cold, those things get transmitted through your skin, through the joint capsules, through the length um, of your muscles, your body's always getting that information through the receptor sites. It travels up through the, through the peripheral nerves. It goes into the spinal cord. It gets processed through the brainstem and even kind of crosses over in different places. 
passes through other kind of brain structures at the base of your brain and then gets processed into the cortex of our brain and gets intermingled even with what our thoughts are and things like that. Your brain then decides what it wants to do with that information. And if the information is good and clean and has clean bits of information through the joints and you can feel everything and uh, the joints are moving well, the brain goes, well, hey, that's great. Let's give out really good outputs and let's give strength. Let's give range of motion. Let's give uh, energy to this. If the information's poor, your brain goes, well, I don't really understand those spaces. And so therefore it comes up with solutions and outputs that look like tightness, slow, slow movements, um, pain to stop you from doing something. It will give you an output that doesn't seem pleasant. Um, and so your nervous system is basically this uh, complex, um, but, but a cool system that basically helps you know your world and then know how to be safe for your body. And it keeps you safe. Um, and it's, and you can think of it, like I said, the electrical system that's behind the walls that, um, you know, in a room lets the light bulbs burn bright, or sometimes the light bulbs burn, uh, dim and we need to figure out why. Yes. So. Yes. I, I think that this is really interesting because um, I did do a podcast about like tightness and that tightness is a, an out, like you said, an output from your nervous system when your nervous system senses that something's up and it needs to protect you. And that tightness is a really, when you view it as like a protective mechanism, as a symptom of maybe some other poor information going in, it, it like can change how you then would treat quote unquote, that tightness. Um, so can you, I, and you were the one who really kind of taught or introduced me to that concept. So can you talk a bit more about tightness and what you, cause I, cause you don't stretch. Yeah. Or you don't necessarily recommend stretching necessarily. It, contextually, contextually, you know, when you and I always talked about this, you know, there are certain situations where a stretch, like when you have, um, uh, this is a little bit kind of graphic and things, but even burn victim and the tissues have actually melted together and things like that. So a stretch through there might be indicated for somebody in that situation, or we might stretch maybe say after a workout, because we just think it feels good. Right. And it's a feel good thing. But you're right. In this situation, we don't look at um, when your body says, you know, one arm moves up like this and the other arm moves up like this. We go. So this one's all the way up here and this one's going, yeah, they're equal. And this one feels kind of tight and things like that. We don't sit there and go, well, let's stretch that. We sit there and go, well, what's your body needing in order to allow you to feel safe enough to go up? And most oftentimes what we're looking for is what sensory information do we need to satisfy? Um, uh, you study muscle activation techniques. Muscle activation techniques is about a restoration of the contractions of the tissues that would be up here to help then send a message of relaxation to the opposite side. And it uses deep pressure in order to stimulate that. Um, but one could also stimulate um, other areas. And when we're looking at, at this, we go, those are always, when we have that kind of idea of tightness, that is always your body saying, I'm not getting what I need in order to give you what is possibly there. Now we always need to rule out. There might be a big chunk of bone in the way and say, Oh yeah, you yes. better go further. But once yes. we rule out that there's a big chunk of bone in the way and, or you've got some displaced tissue that's caught in a joint, we can reasonably start saying, what does this person need in order for their brain to feel safe enough to let them restore this full motion? 
And so therein lies where we start looking at sensory reception through the area is the peripheral um, nerve providing information through there. So you can do peripheral nerve glides possibly to close that space up. You can do um, sensory uh, differentiation um, through the area. You can do scar work. You can saw that a couple of tattoos in my arm, you can kind of go through and do um, uh, sensory integration work on those areas. And it's literally just by changing what sensations are going through there that you can then alter your brain's ability to go, you know what, that feels safer and get restoration a moment. Let alone higher global tone dictating things like if this is a flexion activity, abduction, right? Mm -hmm. You can also go possibly go to areas like um, uh, brainstem areas that are associated with flexion tone in your body. Or you could also go to um, central pattern generators that would then say, well, let's also maybe move if we abduction's hard in this shoulder, let's do adduction in the opposite hip to possibly clear out motion. And I know that sounds like we're kind of jumping around, but what that really is, is, is that if we know that your problem is abduction of your shoulder, and we know that your brain has said, I don't feel safe doing it. And you want to know how you know that because you can't do it as well. It doesn't feel as good. You might have pain and you might have tightness, but we have to go, you know what? Our brain is so smart. Those are protection mechanisms and I'm going to respect it. So mm -hmm. now what do I do that my brain will open up that door so I can then go in and explore higher levels of this. So what we have to do is we can start looking for correlative patterns through our assessments about where to look. Could it possibly be that they have some sensory deficits through an arm, that peripheral nerves aren't possibly active? We do muscle tests to see if maybe it's peripheral nerve involvement, um, doing coordination drills to see a possible cerebellar involvement, um, cranial nerve tests to see if it's possible brainstem involvement. We can look to these things to give us clues about where to start and where to do that. So that said, for the person out there that might be listening to this and go, yeah, I do feel tight in one place. The big thing is respect it. If your body is saying, yes. please don't go there, then unless you know the solution, respect it. If you treat your body kind a lot and do a full workout program, a lot of times without knowing exactly what to do, your body will go, you know what? I'm starting to feel safer and it'll just get better, so to speak. Yes, yes. If you want to ask questions, work with a professional who knows how to differentiate which exercises, drills, which part of the nervous system uh, stimulation might be helpful. Ask somebody about that. But like you just said, yes. I know it's a rabbit hole. There's so much to talk about with this. And there's a lot of things I touched on right there, but respect it or look for solutions as opposed to just saying, I'm just going to shove it there. Right. Yes. Which stretching yes. basically just does and violates your body's like, I don't like that. You're going to get more pain so on and so forth. Yep. Well, and you touched on some really incredible points there. So the, for those of you listening, just go back and listen to that maybe like two or three more times, but <laughs> um, because there was so much in there. But what I, what I think is interesting is that people, you talked about maybe there's something going on in your cerebellum or in, a, or the cranial nerves, the brainstem, whatever. And I remember the first time that I heard you talk about this, I was thinking, no, my tightness isn't because of something's wrong with my brain. I was like, I'm 24. I'm sharp. I, my brain is fine. This is not my brain. This is my body. But for those of you, for those people that are probably thinking that, what, what is your response to that? Yeah. And, and by no means do I want anybody ever to leave 
my presence and have them hear me say, you have a brain problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So, yes. Thank so, you for saying so that. I don't, yeah. I, I don't want them to hear that. But what I do want to say is there's a reason behind why your body is exhibiting this thing that you can't explain. Like if somebody comes up and punches you in the shoulder, you can say, okay, you have direct trauma to your shoulder. It doesn't feel good. You probably just need to rest a little bit and it's going to feel better in a few days. But a lot of these things that just seemingly come out of nowhere, where it's like, yeah, my shoulders started bugging me and I'm just doing what I've been doing the last 35 years. This is weird. You know, it just came out of nowhere and now I can't sleep on it. And now my arm is, I can't raise it that, at that, oh, that hurts. You know, um, we, we have to say what, what is possibly going on? Where are there possible spaces where we've uh, had some prior damage? Maybe we had a concussion when we were younger, we were in a car accident at some point. We always look to old history, history to, uh, gathering. If you're a practitioner is so important. Um, has the eye prescription changed recently? Are you dealing with any breathing issues? Are there anxiety issues? Are is there ringing in your ears? Can you not hear out of one ear as much? Um, are there certain parts of your body? I have generally had pain on one side of my body. These are all clues of possible areas of your brain that might be, have had some light damage and never re, uh, integrated back in very well. Um, where there's lower activation, the neurons just aren't as sparky as they were. And the thing about it is, is I always tell people don't, don't get too worked up that, uh, about this. The, the thing is, is we're only aware of about 40 things right now, right? You might be aware of the temperature in the room. You might be aware of the pressure on your bottom from where you're sitting. You might be aware of the um, light coming in your eyes or the, that I'm moving and things like that. But in reality, there's 40 billion pieces of information coming into your body right now from wow. the light in the room to, again, just how tight certain things are in your body. Um, you know, your, your eyes are picking up electromagnetic fields. Um, your nose is sensing things on little bits. Your tongue is sensing right now. You're internally digesting interoceptions going on in your tummy right now. Your body is gathering all this information and basically going, am I safe or not? And if the sum total of everything coming in, your brain goes, you know what? That's old injury. You know, Justin had pinky surgery, you know, 15 years ago. And I feel fine. But if you did sensory testing, you'd see that certain parts of my pinky, I can't feel uh, like sharp dull as much through there. It, it all goes back to the brain problem. You're, you're meaning that pain and these things live in the processing, in the gathering of inputs, the processing or the outputs. And so it all goes back to the nervous system. It really all goes back to it. Biomechanics are definitely a big piece of it, but it's all in how your body is assimilating the information and what it wants to do about it and perform the world. And so if your performance is off, you have to go back to, is this an input problem? Is this a process problem? Or is this an output problem? And we can train those all differently. And so I was going back to these areas of old injuries. If I, if I lost the ability to move this joint through a full range of motion, you know, and M&Ms fall out of my fist, you know, um, you know, things like that. Not that I eat M&Ms. Uh, um, sure. I'm a trainer. It's the temple. Um, but that's an area where my brain no longer has a really good idea about a full construct of, of abilities and safety. 
So therefore it will create these little barriers to motion and it might affect my wrist. It might affect how hard I can contract through a grip, therefore dictate how much I'm going to be able to uh, pull. It might even change uh, my grip strength or my bicep contraction and it'll change lat pull downs. So it might be, you could say that in a few years, if this never really comes back fully and I can't get the sensation back and therefore restore full range of motion that I could theoretically alter my biomechanics so much and change the recruitment patterns of my rotator cuff that just by doing normal workouts, all of a sudden I get shoulder pain seemingly out of nowhere. When the fix all along is restoring motion through restoration of sensory integration in an area that just never got reintegrated. And I see that all the time. And I work with some really awesome physical therapists in Kansas City. Kansas City has some of the best rehabilitation specialists between orthopedic surgeons and physical therapists. This is a great area for that. And in, in BioFit, a lot of times we see people that are like, I just got done with rehab. I'm doing great. But there is a maybe they're still having pain or maybe the range of motion isn't there. And one of the first things we do is, is we look at, can you feel everything you should around the old injury site, sensory integration. And if we restore that a lot of times, that range of motion opens right up. We'll get 10, 15, 20 degrees of range of motion that they didn't think they have even in that one visit, just by putting some vibration in and around and near a scar. So, so cool. It's super cool. And just to make sure I go back to answering your question about, is it a brain problem? It, the answer lies within either clearing up which uh, sensory mechanisms are going through and the pathway they have to the brain or in the constructs of where that, that information is getting assimilated or possibly in the area of output and that it needs clarity information or we need to recruit more motor units or um, we need to train in certain patterns and it's very cyclical. I can do motions through my joint and end up getting restoration of uh, information maybe through my joint capsule and I can get clarity then maybe that clears up cerebellar issues that maybe were lost because I just stopped moving with accuracy and with coordination through that joint. And then all of a sudden maybe a tendonitis that I have in my elbow seemingly just goes away, right? It's no tendonitis to begin with. Your body just goes, I need to create a barrier because I don't understand what's going on. And now that you just cleared that up for me, cool. Now I can contract how I want to. Giddy up. Yes. It, it is what, what Justin is saying is so true. And I think that this is where a lot of practitioners go wrong, not wrong, but um, where they maybe get a little bit off track is that there, and we learn this in physical therapy school. It's nobody's like fault, but treat the symptom, not the cause of the symptom. And when you really peel back the layers, you realize that maybe your elbow hurts and you're treating it as tendonitis, but it's your pinky all along. And if you're, you know, it's just years of accumulating whatever incorrect signals or movement or whatever of that one pinky that's causing issues up the chain. So that's why for those of you that are listening and are having something that you just can't quite solve. Um, if you're in Casey, you've got to go see Justin because they do these in-depth analysis. Yeah. Of like range of motion. And I'm sure lots of other um, assessments to determine, okay, where really are your deficits? I know your symptoms are here in your shoulder, but like, we're actually finding that your left foot has like all of these deficits and we're going to treat there. And then maybe your, your shoulder symptoms will clear up. So I saw that all the time when I was at BioFit and um, it just, it is, it's fascinating. 
It is cool. I totally agree. I'm, I'm, I, once your eyes are open to that reality, that this is the way our body's constructed. And, and this is not like something I developed. This is just, this is just neurophysiology. This is just how we're truly made. And once your eyes are open to that, you stop trying to solve everything with going, Oh, you have an elbow problem. Well, do a bunch of elbow things yes. that may, may not be the fix. Um, yes. so, and I want to give a, a quick bigger picture, right? We have our five senses and then out of those areas, we can integrate really any of them. They can all be the answer. Um, and really in the hierarchy that I put those and, and, and the only reason I put it this way is because of what I was taught, but the reference to it is, is how many axons, um, how many different, um, uh, parts of your nervous system it gives to it. So it, the hierarchy would probably be to keep you safe is vision inner ear and vestibular information, right? That helps you, the, the fluid in your inner ear that helps you know where up and down is and acceleration and things like that. And then it'd be mechanoreceptors. And those are what you were talking about, proprioceptors of our body. We have uh, five, you know, um, main things that help us differentiate the world that we're in. And so all of those things, like I said, create basically a map of, of clarity of information. And you want good, clear things to go on. And when we have trauma, stress, overuse, we can kind of damage some of those receptors. And once you stop getting clear information, a joint stops moving through full range of motion, and therefore it never feels as deep of a stretch through the joint capsule or through the length of a tendon, or maybe uh, it, you, you had surgery and it cut through the skin and therefore it cut little peripheral nerve areas and therefore no can no longer sense vibration in an area or differentiate sharp dull like you just said, that lack of clarity of information will always, always have an output change in your body that you may or may not notice right then or even in the future. And the cool part is, is just because these things happen doesn't mean you are doomed. It does mean that your chances of having further problems with mechanical things, especially if you're doing lots of activity, like you're a runner, weightlifter, yoga person, whatever, it just means the risk goes up. But the cool thing is your body is a great compensator. And the only reason we ever really know to do everything about these things is because life becomes or things start to become inconvenient. Like you start having pain, loss of range of motion. I feel tight here and there. I don't feel quite like myself. I can't feel the area between my shoulder blades every time you ask me to do that. My hamstrings are always tight. I get headaches all the time. I get dizzy more often. I can't smell out of this one nostril. I can't, every time I get up, I get dizzy right away. All of these things are signs that somehow those receptor organelles somewhere in that chain, there's something off. Your body does a great job compensating for a long time until it can't anymore and you have to do something about it. And that's why exploring joint mobility, vision drills, vestibular drills, and doing these things and giving yourself sensation changes, being barefoot and getting sensations through your skin and your feet, why these things are so important. And just to keep integrated into a, a healthy um, program because it balances out your sensation diet, so to speak. Right. Yes. 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 I love that. And that, that goes right into my next question about, I, it's something that I heard you say a lot when I worked with you was jammed joints lead to weak muscles. Yeah. jammed joints lead to weak muscles. So can you describe why that happens and what, what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, 
Jam joints uh, equals weak muscles refers directly to um, uh, the arthrokinetic reflex. Um, and so it's always a fun trick and you can do it with your, your friends at, and your family at home. It's a fun party trick. Um, you can literally manually test somebody's, uh, you know, bicep or their glute strength. And then you can take a joint and then, sorry about that, um, then take their joint and then uh, compress a joint somewhere. A lot of times I'll just do the opposite pinky or something like that. And the jamming of the joint is enough of a threat to your brain, it goes, I'm, something's going on. I, I, I'm getting, you know, the wrong information through an area that it will literally downregulate your force output because your body doesn't want to end up putting force through something that it knows isn't moving very well. And so you, your strength will literally change in that moment. We get that um, a, a lot of times, um, you know, in surgeries, when we're getting aberrant information after surgery and our joint capsules are swelled up, and you can't figure out how to flex your quad anymore, or you can't figure out how to flex your glutes. So people that have surgeries going, yeah, all of a sudden I just, they were saying, you know, use this muscle and I couldn't find it. So anybody that's had that feels that anybody that's turned an ankle and they feel like that ankle is, um, you know, not moving for a while, will have all the sensations. They may have some tight calves or tight hamstrings, or they might feel like, Hey, lift up your ankle and their, their uh, tibial anterior is just going, Oh, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that, you know? <laughs> and so jam joints refers to that arthrokinetic reflex that basically says, um, when it gets it, it's reflexive. Your body automatically decreases performance and decreases force output and contractile function. And then on the opposite side of the axis also usually gives, um, uh, so inhibition and then a higher tone on the opposite side of the axis, which means it'll, you'll perceive it as tight. So yes. joints yes. equals muscles means that if you have body parts that haven't been moving their fullest and they are relatively jammed and not giving good information by moving through the full range of motion, somewhere in your body, you will start to notice you don't have full range of motion. And it'll feel yes. tight on one side and it will feel like you can't control the space on the other side. And yes. if you store those joints and clear up that map and get that moving, whether that's through, some people see a chiropractor and get joints moving. Some people do mobility exercises. You can do strength training through full ranges of motion. You can provide sensory feedback around that joint. You can do a lot of things that will trigger your body to feel like that joint is moving better. You'll notice other parts of the body start to free up motion and that the tightness goes away and the contraction is restored. So jam joints equal muscles. So if you have a joint that's not moving well, figure out a way to start getting moving. Usually I start with provide some sensory information. You know, my elbow doesn't feel like it can straighten out all the way. I might do some sensory bath, like this a vibration, maybe some sharp, I can rub it. And then I can take it through a full range of motion and just show my brain that, yeah, see, look at that, we can move. And yeah. I go through full range of motion. Then all of a sudden I'll notice like, I just start moving better in general. Maybe my rotation restores or I'll get flexion at my hips or my opposite knee feels better. All those things start to happen. It's it it's like spurring so many questions in my mind. I think the first thing that I think of is um, I get a lot of clients that say like, I can, 
fire my, and I'm using air quotes, I can fire my left glute, but I can't fire my right glute. Like I never feel my right glute contracting. And potentially that could be a reason is because there's a jammed joint somewhere in their body, whether it's the hip itself or whether it's, you know, as you're saying, up or down the chain. Um, so for someone like that, potentially, like you said, doing the sensory bath, which like physical touch to the area or like mobility drills throughout your body, opening joint space, giving your brain, your nervous system, those signals that you're safe. Absolutely. And I think the industry just says, well, if you want your glutes to fire, just do squats, you know, do lunges, yeah. do, do Bulgarian squats, do plie squats, right. do whatever. Right. And that will activate your glutes. And, um, uh, we see it all the time. You can go through and you can, you can compensate through those movements and then uh, say, Oh yeah, that definitely looks like you're doing that thing. Um, and your body is just so good at, it. and you're only aware of a few things at the time. You aren't necessarily aware of it all the time. And then go right over to the table, test their glutes and they're not firing at all. Right. And they're going, well, I, I just did squats. And it doesn't mean that everything's on. And it doesn't mean then that you are using the um, kind of optimal synergies orchestration of muscle contractions around that joint then to keep you one targeting the muscles you're working on and then also to keep the associated joints healthy because they're moving through the right axis of motion so like you said if you are in that that is a great clue great clues that something funky is going on is you've lost range of motion you feel tight you feel pain in that hip or around that glute or something or that you go, I'm doing squats and I just can't seem to feel this side of my, you know, this glute's not firing. That's a great clue that you can try to do some things that will literally activate the area. Um, and so sensory work, yes. like you said, just rubbing the area, touching it. Maybe you need some deep pressure, maybe just some very, um, uh, some vibration along that area. It can be a variety of things. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now there it is. And we'll do that all the time. Yeah. Because the goal yeah. is to integrate that in so that you can get to an experience that lets you feel like yourself. You should walk better after you do these things. You should squat better. You should get uh, increase the possibilities of strength training and power output and sprinting and jumping and hugging and whatever else we want to do. I, I guess I'll ask kind of one more question. I have so many questions that I want to ask and maybe we'll just have to do a part two someday, but um, I want to make sure I'm respecting your time. So back to the jam joints, I think what people are probably thinking is, oh, what about like plyometrics and jumping and doing, and is that jamming my joints? And if so, is that potentially shutting down my muscles? The, the concept of plyometrics is really interesting, right? And I, I think that we as an industry of healthcare providers and uh, fitness uh, professionals, we've gotten off and we glamorized it. And we glamorized it through, uh, you know, popular workout methods like CrossFit and we popularized it. Uh, we see what football players do and we say we should do that. Um, and so to some degree, I think that we over recommend plyometrics for people that it's really not that appropriate for. And there's just so many other ways we can develop power in people without uh, subjecting them to the forces um, that are necessary and required in order to do plyometrics well. Now that said, so that means I don't think most people really need to be doing plyometrics, but should we be developing power where it's appropriate? Yes, but not necessarily through, you know, explosive, you know, things that we're just not prepared or ill-equipped to do, um, or we overdose them too. Um, 
But what you were talking about is the idea that can exercise jam joints. Um, and the answer is yes. So if we're ever questioning whether or not an exercise is appropriate from plyometrics to lunges to a squat, it's very easy to tell you can. And the, the one thing I think we should be doing a lot more in our industry is having our clients know to test and retest. So at the beginning of your workout, you should be moving all these joints in all the different directions. And through your workout, you should be able to maintain the ability to move through these spaces. If you're curious about whether or not your bridges are actually uh, helping your glutes or helping your hip, measure your hip range of motion before you do the exercise. When you get done, the range of motion should be as good or better, or it should be more comfortable, or you should sense the contraction better. If it's an appropriate exercise, it should leave you more activated, engaged with all of these signs and symptoms of healthy activation, good range of motion, good contractile capabilities, no pain, pleasant. You know, you feel work, but you're not over there going, oh, it's a great workout. I'm not going to be able to walk for six days because I have hip joint pain, right? Not a good workout. Right, right, you can right. All of these measure those things. And you're right. If, if um, uh, even unbeknownst sometimes to the trainer, if you're doing an exercise, they might be getting through an area that they maybe shouldn't. And at the end of it, they're like, yeah, it felt good. Well, let me see your range of motion. And it goes back to maybe your warmups got them feeling really good at their shoulders and they're doing this. And then you're like, yeah, those rows felt really good. I felt great the whole time. All right, show me your shoulders. Oh, that got a little tight. I don't know what's going on. Okay, no worries. Let's go back to something that opens you back up. And I need to change the demand on that exercise or question whether or not I want to do it or make sure I'm really watching it to make sure they're getting all the benefit with another loss. So yes, you're right. Exercises can give perceived threats. If we're going through an area that your body's like, I really don't want you going through that space. You will lose range of motion or strength, balance, performance, output scope. When your body goes, I'm violated. I don't feel safe. You'll always see it in a test retest. Yes. And that's why not every exercise is appropriate for every person and that you shouldn't force your body through an exercise. If you feel like this isn't comfortable, like I can't figure out how to do this, even though I have perfect form, quote unquote, it's not about that. It's, it's that your body is extremely unique. Your joints are extremely unique. Your joints are probably shaped differently than somebody else's and are, is that exercise appropriate for you and what your body needs and your nervous system? Maybe, maybe not. But I love the idea of, like you said, after your workout, like when you're cooling down or whatever, do you feel tighter? Do you feel like your, your joints can't move like they could when you started? And that's an indication that maybe some or all of the exercises that you chose within that workout were not appropriate for your body. And therefore probably aren't going to, you probably won't see results from that type of workout if, unless you clear some things up. Yeah. And definitely not optimal results. That's for sure. And, and, and yeah. could be, could be dancing around a landmine, you know, and those, uh, I was just listening to Tom speak the other day and, uh, Purvis with, uh, RTS and, and he was talking about landmines. Those are those things where like, I was just walking along and then all of a sudden, ah, you know, and all I did was bend down and I reached for that, my shoelace and, oh, my back. And how can yeah. I, do anything? I mean, these landmines with seemingly healthy people, and so it is, it's, an, it's important that we're looking for this test, retest. And that's why mobility drills and doing sensory bath, you can pick up on things. It, it, it's like doing a self-exam about how am I doing? How's my current state? 
Um, it gives you clues like, oh, this shoulder doesn't feel quite like this one today. That's weird. And unless you figure out a way to loosen that up through your warm-ups and drills that you do at the beginning, then you know to respect it in your workout. And how do you know if you've gone over the lines? Well, you lose range of motion. You might have a little bit of pain. Then back off, reset, do something to reset, correct, integrate. If it's just not possible, your brain's like, nope, temporary fence. You haven't solved the puzzle yet. Then just respect it. Yes. Amen. Well, Justin, I think this is, people are going to nerd out over this podcast. And again, you guys might want to listen to this again, because he gave so much valuable information, but can you just tell um, those those people that are in Kansas city or willing to travel to Kansas city um, a little bit about you and kind of how they can find you after this? Yeah. Well, uh, that biofit therapy based fitness here is in Overland park, Kansas, and we're a 3,600 square foot facility. Um, that is uh, open to the public. We have, we consider ourselves a neighborhood gym. And so we want people to come in here and we want everybody to know that they are accepted and welcome. Um, we have uh, trainers in here that, and a, a therapist, physical therapist, massage therapist that take into account that everybody is different and has different capabilities. Um, and so for people that are looking for um, everything from performance. I want to run faster, jump higher. I want to be able to play racquetball better. I want to be able to play tennis better To I just want to be able to walk. I want to be able to get out of a chair. I want to be able to sit up out of my bed. Um, we have the ability to break that down because we take a biomechanical approach, which is really cool and understand the physics of, of what we're working with. But we also take this really cool integrated, uh, brain-based neurological approach. And so, um, that said, what that means is, is that um, you're never gonna ask a bad question. Um, you never have to be uncomfortable in here if you can't move a certain way. Um, everybody in here is on a journey. We all go through ups and downs. And what we do is we just take the person as they are that day and look for the best. Um, we do know this is a process though. So people that decide they wanna work with us, it's about getting into a process um, we are Sherpas. We lead them up the mountain and, um, and, and we can lead you there. And we're going to ask a lot of open and honest questions, uh, but we got the know-how and we've been up and down the mountain a bunch of times. So if you want to get fit, um, you want to maybe solve maybe that chronic pain, you feel like maybe something's untreatable and the doctors told you you won't get over it. We're going to be a great resource to ask and definitely hope you uh, come and look us up, ask the questions, let us help you, let us feel like your fitness is possible that you can walk better, move better, feel better, and live your life better. Yes. Amazing. All you KC people, biofitkc.com. You can find their website and and go from there. Justin, you can stay on the line after this, but I'll just um, wrap up the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. I know the um, listeners are just going to love this. My pleasure. Thanks, Shannon.